Amen. We have been blessed. That is awesome. Praise the Lord. I'm always looking to the future to some extent. And I was just thinking while they were singing, can you picture when Daniela and and uh, Shirley and and uh, Jalen and Samara are Lauren and Amanda's age, and uh, then we've got uh, Abby and and uh, Melody and Sarah and all the girls their age that are the younger girls' age. The, the groups are just going to keep getting better and better and better. Amen. That is good. Then we'll make CDs and take first place at the youth conference singing competition, all right? Anyway. (laughs) Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. We sure do love you. Lord, we need help tonight. A lot of us know we need help. A lot of us don't know we need help. But whether we know it or not, we need help. I pray that you'd give it to us. Open our eyes, open our hearts, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. I love Sunday mornings, standing at the back after every service and just seeing people, some people on on certain weeks, that that happens to be the only time where we cross paths and just to say hello, it's wonderful, it's great. I love to get the uh, your thoughts on the service not necessarily the message i know that's the main part but uh just the service as a whole the service is important start to finish and uh i like what happens from the time the piano starts to play until we say amen and uh every minute of it counts and i love to get people's thoughts on boy that was a great service today god met with us it was powerful and, and i love to hear that but this morning as people went out, at least two different people made this comment. I've never seen anything like that in my life. That's, that's, a, that's a pretty strong statement. I've never seen anything like that in my life. What's so unique about what we experienced in the service this morning? Well, the bottom line of what's so unique about it is that this room this morning was packed with people who are truly in love with Jesus. And there's something about that that can't be duplicated in any other way. God made the assembly of his people the very special thing. That when we love Jesus Christ with all of our heart, And we get together with other people who love Jesus Christ with all of our... There's just a special presence of God in that gathering that won't be experienced anyplace else in any other way. And that's what causes folks to say, hey, I've been to church, but I've never seen anything like that in my whole life. It's very powerful when a bunch of fired up believers who are in love with Jesus are in a room together. We encourage one another. We strengthen one another. I grow and I'm helped by your strength and hopefully you're helped by my strength. We strengthen one another. And we love one another. We're we're in an atmosphere when we're all together. We're in an atmosphere where there's not criticism going on. 
Man, I've worked at places where it just feels like, you know, you, you, you pull in to punch in at 6, six o'clock in the morning and you don't even want to get out of your car because, you know, the minute you walk in that room, it's like, oh, please stop. I hate it. And it's not that way here. Now, there's some churches where it's that way. But all of us work together to fight very hard to keep that nonsense outside. It doesn't exist inside of here. And when it pops up, we fight it off. So we encourage one another, we strengthen one another, we love one another. The assembly of God's place is a wonderful thing. But we've all been saved long enough to know those times don't last. Even if we could make every Sunday school class and every Sunday morning and every Sunday night and every Wednesday night to the level that this morning's service was, and by the way, I think we ought to keep striving until we get to that place. And even when we do get to that place, we'll have to still keep striving to keep it at that place. You never get to the place where you just, okay, we're there, great, let's kick back. No. It's a struggle as long as we live. And I believe, though, I do believe we can get, we, we could have 75 Sunday school classes going on on the property. Now, not this property, not unless we start meeting out in the field and stuff and behind trees. But we could have a church property. We've got 75 different Sunday school classes. And every one of those Sunday school classes could be a little piece of heaven. And then we come together in church, and if we have 75 Sunday school classes, we'll just give you an idea. Right now, we are at, I think, 16 Sunday school classes, or if not exactly 16, right in that neighborhood. So that would make our church, what, five, carry one, I don't know, uh, a bunch larger than we are. And we come to church, by that time, we would have to have not only a morning service, but we would probably also have a Spanish service and a teen service. And, of course, a junior church and maybe two different age groups of junior churches. And, boy, when you got 75 classrooms filled with people of all ages that just have a little piece of heaven in their Sunday school, and then they pour into their morning services, well, man, those services are going to have a little piece of heaven in there. And then people are going to be anxious to come back on Sunday night and anxious to come back on Wednesday night. And wow, you just look around and you go, oh my goodness, what a wonderful place this is to be. Even when we get to that place, and if the Lord tarries, we will. But even when we get to that place, that's only about four and a half to five hours a week. Those times don't last. Now for the life of me, I'm just saying, for the life of me, when you have a church where the services are a visit from heaven every time, I don't know why Christian people stay away. But even if you come to every single service, those times don't last. They don't go to work with you on Monday. They don't go to school with you on Tuesday. No matter how great the assembly is, there comes very difficult times. And those are the times when you are all alone. And I don't mean just you're by yourself. I mean, you'll be by yourself tonight when you get home. 
unless you, you know, maybe got a brother or sister or husband or wife that sleeps in the same room. But, but I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about when you're in the bathroom by yourself brushing your teeth all alone. I'm talking about when you go to work tomorrow all alone. And other people went to the beach and other people went to a party and other people went to, you know, Foxwoods. And everybody knows you didn't go to any, you went to church. And you are all alone. No matter how wonderful your Christian life is, you're, ha- you're going to face those all alone times. What do you do then? We read in 1 Samuel 21, David was running from Saul, and he was so fearful of Saul that he ran to his enemies. And when he got to his enemies, they recognized him immediately, and he was in trouble there. And God delivered him from those troubles. The crazy thing about what God did was God gave him an idea. And I'm going to tell the story just to fulfill the story, but it's not what the message is. His idea was, if I act like an insane person, they'll all leave me alone. And so he starts to drool. And, I mean, he's slobbering on his own bed. And they're going, oh, he's a nutcase. And they left him alone, and he escaped. And that idea came from the Lord. That's pretty crazy, but yeah, literally. And But that's not the focus here. Let me show you what the focus is. Turn to Psalm 56. Psalm 56, and we're going to read verses 1 through 7, but before we do, I want you to read the title with me. Psalm 56, if you have, if the title is in your Bible, it says to the chief musician upon, yeah, go for it. <laughs> Jonathan Rockim. Yeah. Richard, the Bible scholar. Thanks, man. <laughs> Mitchum of David. When, when, when the Philistines took him in Gath. So what we're about to read are David's thoughts in that situation where he ran from Saul, he goes to Gath, and he's all alone. So if you're wanting to to have somebody to empathize with you, when you're in that position, you're not in the assembly. You're not where the love is. You're not where the strength is. You're... You're all alone. And the good times and the, and the celebration, the joy, the victory, they're just a memory. You can read Psalm 56 and let David help you. Be merciful unto me, O God. He's praying that when he's all alone. Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up. No matter where he goes, he goes to his own team, he gets swallowed up. He goes to the other team, he gets swallowed up. For they be many that fight against me, O thou most high. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God, I will praise his word. 
In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Every day they rest my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. And I think there he's talking about the Philistines and Saul. By the way, shame on us if we're causing other Christians to think this about us. They gather themselves together. They hide themselves. They mark my steps when they wait for my soul. Shall they escape by iniquity? In thine anger, cast down the people, O God. Now, there's basically two things that David is doing in this passage. And it goes on. You can read the rest of the psalm. But there's basically two things David is doing. Number one, he's talking to God. And number two, he's letting God talk to him. Look at verse 4. In God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. And trust in God is always tied to the word of God. So David is talking about, I'm all alone. I'm going to do two things. I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to let him talk to me. And that's what I want us to think about tonight. And we won't be long. And I promise you we won't be long. When you're all alone, you talk to God and you let God talk to you. That's the essence of the message. All we're going to do is expound upon that a little bit. When you're all alone, you talk to God. You let God talk to you. You talk to God. You talk to him. You tell him everything that's on your heart. If you're scared, you tell them you're scared. If you're worried, you tell them you're worried. If you're angry, you tell them you're angry. If you don't know what to do, you tell them you don't know what to do. Lord, show me the way. I can't tell you many times I pray that prayer. Lord, show me the way. I was praying that prayer in Buckhorn, Pennsylvania on Friday night. Lord, show me the way. You talk to God in praise. By the way, you sing to God. Ladies, I love listening to you sing. I just can't. I could, I could, we could take the whole service and I could sit and listen to you all sing. But sing to the Lord when you're all alone. Sing to the Lord when you're not in the assembly. And that goes for the rest of us. It's an amazing thing the way we know that God has really worked in the hearts of our teenagers on this trip is when they sing their way home, and that's what our teenagers did. Even the guys in Brother Zach's car, were they were singing, you know, 99 bottles of milk on the wall, but <laughs> hey, singing is singing. Sing to the Lord. Talk to God. Say everything that you need to say. To God. You talk to God and you let God talk to you. You say, how do you, how do you let God talk to you? First and foremost, and I, would, I wouldn't say exclusively, but almost exclusively, through his word. You revisit the passages that you have hidden in your heart. And I can say to you honestly, I'm not, I'm not telling you something just textbook style. I'm telling you what I do. When I am alone, when I am fearful, when I am cornered, when I feel there's no way out, 
I'm either talking to God. God, help me. God, I don't know what to do. God, show me the way. God, I'm desperate. Lord, I don't know what you're doing. I trust you, but I don't know what you're doing. Or I let him talk to me. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart. Those things are in my heart. That's Psalm 119. Hebrews 11 is in my heart. John 1 is in my heart. Romans 6 is in my heart. Romans 5 is in my heart. Number of other passages in my heart, and that's where I go, and I let God speak to me. By the way, I, you don't have to know chapters. I've told the story; I'm not going to tell it now. But but uh, I, because I was stupid, I had uh, five teeth pulled at one time, one sitting, without being without them putting me under. I stupid. Don't ever do that. So I'm laying there on the table when I suddenly realize how foolish this was. So I went to Isaiah 26.3. And I pro- I'm telling you, I'm testifying. I went through that verse. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. I went in that verse and I stayed there and I stayed there and I stayed there. And when the, when the teeth pulling was finished, I didn't even know it had happened. I'm not, that's, that's the truth. I'm not lying to you. Because I let God speak to me. I let God speak to me. When you're all alone, you talk to God. And you let God talk to you. Three thoughts about this. All alone is where you really get to know God. There never comes a time where you don't need the assembly. God ordained this. There never comes a time where it's not important or where it's useless to you. You never outgrow your need for the assembly. But the assembly is no substitute for you getting to know God all alone. And I believe maybe the best example of that in the Bible is David. David is the man after God's own heart. David is God's songwriter in the Bible. And you look and you go through the Psalms that David wrote. He didn't write them in a crowd. He didn't write them at the house of God. He wrote many for the house of God, but he wrote these Psalms all alone. The most famous Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leaveth me beside the still. Psalm 23, where did he write that? I believe he wrote it all along out in the pasture watching his daddy's sheep. All alone. All alone is where you really get to know God. So when you find yourself, you say, man, what happened to that awesome service Sunday? Now I'm all by myself. What happened to youth conference? Now I'm stuck here by myself. Don't get angry. Cherish that moment as, okay, This is where I'm going to get to know God. I'm going to talk to him. And I'm going to let him talk to me through his word. All alone is where you prove that what you have is real. 
Let me tell you. And this, this is just the truth. I'm just speaking. I, I'm, not the, I'm not the phony detector. But there certainly could have been somebody who stood up here and testified this morning who nothing happened in their heart. Their heart is cold and hard, but they just went along with everybody else. But when they get all alone and it's just them and God, and in their all aloneness, they talk to God and they let God talk to them, that's when they prove that they weren't just putting on a show. They weren't just going through the motions. What they have is real. All alone is where you really get to know God. All alone is where you prove that what you have is real. And all alone is where you get new strength. One of the greatest examples of all alone in the whole Bible is the Isle of Patmos. John is an old man. All the other apostles have been put to death. Peter is a distant memory. Paul has been beheaded long ago. And John is all alone. They tried to kill John. And by the way, these things are not in, these facts that I just gave you about how the apostles died, they're not in the Bible, but they are a matter of history, and you can read them. The details of how every one of the apostles died is in Fox's Book of Martyrs and other places, but that's the place where they're most commonly found. They tried to boil John to death in a vat of of hot oil, and he wouldn't die. So they... That freaked him out. <laughs> you try to boil a guy and he won't die, what do you do with him then? So they stuck him on an island. Some say he was on a completely deserted island. Others say, no, it was a prisoner's island. But even if it was a prisoner's island, he was the only Christian there. And so in that sense, he was still all alone. Whatever the case, he was all alone on an island called Patmos. And John could have very easily thought that his life was over. His ministry was over. I'm just going to wait here till I die. But he makes an interesting statement in Revelation chapter 1. I think it's verse 10. He said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. The Lord's day speaks of that first day of the week celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And John knew when Sunday was. That's pretty cool. I don't know. I picture him like Yosemite Sam making marks on the palm tree there. How many remember? Or coconut tree. Uh, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Whatever. He knew when Sunday came. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And what I've often said about that passage is that John said, when Sunday came, I had church. Because he did, Jesus showed up. Because John was faithful when he was all alone, Jesus showed up and said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. And God used that all alone time to give John the book of Revelation. And John was somehow delivered from the Isle of Patmos because he went back and pastored some more even after that. All alone is where you get new strength. I told you the message was short. Bang, it's done. How about that? Matthew said, what? Did you see that? (laughs) Did you see that head whip around? What? I love what we get when we're together. Love it.
We're going to get another big dose of it this week at the summit. I wish you all could be there. I love what we get when we're together. But listen, the battles are not fought here when we're all together. The battles are fought when you're all alone. It's inevitable. You can't, you can't escape it. We can't be in, in the assembly all the time. We have to go out there and be all alone for Jesus Christ. When you find yourself there, talk to him. Let him talk to you. Talk to him. Let him talk to you. Talk to him. Let him talk to you. And not only are you going to make it, you're going to be stronger. And you're really going to get to know God when you're all alone. Let's stand together tonight. Lord, a very simple.